0: Welcome to Annunciation with Father David. Father David is the priest at Annunciation Greek Orthodox Church in Decatur, Illinois, where every week people are connected to the ancient wisdom of Orthodox Christianity. Here is Father David. Christ is in our midst. He is Good morning. Now before I get to our meditation upon the liturgy and upon the communion hymn, I want to preface all of that with some thoughts about some experiences I've personally had and we have had as a nation over the last several weeks. As many of you know, political violence in our country is on the rise. And if you don't think the shooting of the Baptist Church in Texas isn't political violence, you're foolish. Because America, as founded, is a Christian nation. And without at least an acknowledgement of Christianity, America doesn't work anymore. And as I've been talking to various groups... About this rise in political violence. One thing has become glaringly clear to me, and that is that the average American has a hard time understanding that we are human beings first before everything else. That other Descriptors, other group identifications are more important. That people are having a harder time seeing past the fact that they are black or white or gay or straight or whatever. And to see the fact that we are all human beings. And the result of that are things like this week when we heard all of these people criticize us as Christians for wanting to pray in the face of tragedy. We've had politicians say, let, we have priests and pastors to do that. Why do we need to pray? Which of course is ridiculous for those of us who are faithful. And when we fail to see each other as human, it is much, much easier for political violence to happen because when we do not see each other as human, it's much easier to see us in each other as subhuman And When someone isn't human, it is easier to commit violence against them because we don't see them as human. We don't see the humanity in them. We don't have empathy for them and what they go through. For example, Historically, what we have done with our military enemies throughout time is that we come up with epithets for them so that we can reduce their humanity and make it easier to go to war against them. The Huns and and the Japs in World War II, the gooks in the Vietnam War, the British called the American forces Yankees. And so it's easier to kill a Yankee or a gook or a Jap than it is to kill a human being. And one of the ways that we as Christians, not just Orthodox Christians, but Christians in general, to combat this and to call people on these things is that there are universal human experiences, experience that happens to everyone regardless of whether or not they are American, whether or not they're black, whether or not they're white, regardless of where they come from or what language they speak, these experiences are experienced by every single human being on the planet. And they include joy, they include suffering, and they especially include death. Everyone in this room is going to die. And that is one of the great problems that virtually every culture, And every philosophy that has ever existed has tried to explain why is there death. In fact, we see that in today's gospel reading. The young man comes to Jesus and says, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? Death is the problem. Eternal life is the desire. And one of the things that we can point out to everyone around us and to call people on it when they are labeling people, instead of seeing them as human beings. Stories like the one of Sissouis the Great, who is an icon in the Orthodox Church, of him coming upon the tomb of Alexander the Great. Alexander the Great, leader who conquered the known world from Egypt to India, and all that was left was a pile of bones. And that is what awaits every single one of us, no matter how much power, wealth and glory we may have in this world, even if we conquer the world as Alexander the Great did, our fate is to be a pile of bones. And when we see a pile of bones, is that a pauper, a prince, a military person, a priest? How can we know? It's a pile of bones. Death is the great equalizer. All of us will have to step through it. And I bring this up because Saturday, which is the day that I want to meditate upon, in the Orthodox liturgical pattern is the day that we remember the dead. We have the Saturday of Souls, which we celebrate prior to Great Lent, in which we bring the kolava and we have the long list of names of the Orthodox dead that we want to memorialize and remember in front of God. And the communion hymn on Saturday, the Day of the Dead is, is interesting. Unlike the communion hymns that we have studied so far, the verses don't come from just one psalm, but two psalms. The first psalm is 64 in the Septuagint numbering and 65 in the Masoretic. And it is a hymn of praise, of doxology. Praise is awaiting you, O God, in Zion, and to you the vow shall be performed. And it goes on and talks about all of these great things that God does. God who established the mountains by his strength, being clothed with power, who stills the noises of the seas, the noise of their waves, and the tumult of the peoples. You water the land and its riches abundantly. You settle its furrows. You make it soft with showers. You bless its growth. You crown the year with your goodness, and your paths drip with abundance. This kind of language fills this psalm. And it is in stark contrast with the second psalm that is used in the communion hymn, which is Psalm 101 in the Septuagint numbering and 102 in the Masoretic because it is a psalm of lamentation, a psalm cried out by someone who is in great peril. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let me, my cry come to you. Do not hide your face from me in the day of my trouble. Incline your ear to me in the day that I call and answer me speedily. For my days are consumed like smoke, and my bones are burned like a hearth. One could say that this is a psalm spoken by the dead. And so on the one hand, you have God, who is the great giver of all things, and on the other hand, you have someone who is lying in the grave, whose bones have been consumed by fire. The communion hymn is, Blessed are they whom you have chosen and received. Or another translation is, Blessed are they whom you have chosen and have taken to yourself. This comes from Psalm 64, 65. So God has the ability In other words, to choose whether or not someone is going to taste death, someone who is going to be these bones. And the second part of the communion hymn is, and their memorial abides from generation to generation. Alleluia. And this is what's interesting, is because that is not a direct quote of the psalm, because in the psalm, this is directed toward God himself. You, O Lord, shall endure forever and the remembrance of your name to all generations. So in our communion hymn, we are, pl- we are being placed where God is in this song that we will be remembered just as God is remembered because God has chosen indeed to raise us all from the dead by going to the cross being crucified and going to the tomb and rising on the third day from the dead, thus giving us the opportunity in this space and in this time to come forth and have God himself and the person of Jesus Christ through his body and his blood to enter into us so that indeed he is in us to allow this verse, you, O Lord, shall endure forever and the remembrance of your name to all generations shall be applied to us. And their memorial abides from generation to generation. Alleluia. And this is where we have an in when it comes to the problems of the world and of people trying to divide us into this group and that group and pit these groups against each other in the interest of power. Because very much like the parable that Christ tells this young man who is interested in eternal life, but does not want the Samaritan as his neighbor, our leaders, all of them, are like the Levite and the priest. They want to go by and not touch the Samaritan who is on the road. They are in it for their own power, they are in it for their own interest, and they have no problems pitting one group against the other. All you have to do is go on the web to a political website of both stripes, whether you're on the left or on the right, and you will see language of vitriol of us versus them, that they deserve this, whatever it is. We need to step in and remind people, you will experience death. You, I will experience death. Despite all of our differences, this experience will be shared between all of us. And in that moment where we taste death, we will experience that which Christ experienced on the cross. And when he went to the cross as God, he knew and knows you. And despite everything that you have done with your life, he still endured all of it for you, so that death, that universal human experience, could be overcome, passed through, so that the problem of death is no longer a problem, and that the eternal life that this young man is after is right there in front of us, given freely by our Lord God and Savior, Jesus Christ. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, now and forever unto and the ages of ages.